As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Dueling Reviews, a show where two guys sit down with one comic and anything can happen. I'm Stephen, and over there is Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hello! It's time for us to go in-depth onto a comic this week, one I'm kind of excited about, and one that you should be too, Matthew. <laughs> Lobster Johnson, Get the Lobster. That's what I said the last get time I went to the seafood place. What do you, what do you have, lobster. sir? Get the Lobster. Get the Lobster. I never say Get the Lobster. I say, get the reasonably cra- priced pseudo crab. The reasonably priced tilapia, please. Yeah. <laughs> get get the shrimp that you can buy get, ten for a dollar. Get me the cleanest bottom feeder you got and put it on a plate. Stephen, you are the cleanest bottom October feeder. October nineteen thirty four, New York City, Hey-o. Madison Square Garden. This is a story right up your alley, Matt, Matthew, because it's all about wrestling. Well, no. The good old day it's wrestling. It's a story that features wrestling. The Russian bear versus the devil dwarf. <laughs> well, the first thing that you need to know about wrestling is that the midgets... Never mind. <laughs> yes, the Russian bear wrestling the devil dwarf. Meanwhile, across town, our plucky reporter is working on a story. Who is the lobster? Part one in a five-part series. Who's the lobster? Who is the lobster? Everybody wants to know. Uh, but uh, this wrestling match doesn't go quite according to plan, or at least for the spectators, it doesn't go quite according to plan. No, because the Devil Dwarf bites. That is the one thing you cannot do, especially in kayfabe, is bite. Why not? Well, because biting is not a part of the rules. And, of course, the biting turns out to be nothing more than a ruse for the referee to get close enough to the Russian bear so that the bear can snap the referee's neck, which is generally a disqualification. Well, who's going to disqualify him? The ref's dead. But that's the thing. When you murder the referee, usually you can presume that the match is over. Yeah, and that's why you take your little devil dwarf and throw him <laughs> at any cop that's running towards the, uh, what is exactly. that thing? the ring. And then, of course, when the devil dwarf takes out the takes the pistol from the cop and starts mowing people down with a thirty eight special, that is definitely what we call a double DQ. That that <laughs> means that match is does probably with, with butterscotch, or is that the uh, hard uh, chocolate shell? <laughs> Let me put it to you this way: even CM Punk, one of the <laughs> hardcore men of of wrestling, does not have a finisher involving shooting people in the face. Oh, okay. Yet. Oh, okay. Well, the good thing is it uh, becomes the front page of the uh, paper, Pandemonium at the Garden, 
mm-hmm. pushes the Lobster Johnson uh, article back to page five. Which is good. Unfortunately, the Lobster Johnson article is still seen. Yes, by the bad guys. Yes. I love the Peter Lorre character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I is he don't, new? No, here's the thing. It's been a while since I've read a Lobster Johnson series, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what that series was. I'm going to say it's been a couple of years, so I don't know if there's been a Lobster Johnson in between the last one that I read or this one. I but he think broke we up. did a Lobster Johnson mini on the MSP. I think we did, too. I, I think we did, too, and I think it's this story where he broke up this uh, crime syndicate ring, and they had to go into hiding. Uh-huh. And I think that this is if there isn't not if there's not one in between what we read in this one, this would be the next story. So yes, the Peter Lorre character was there before, dressed all in white. It's important to read his dialogue. It's an expose on our old friend, the one who sent us into hiding. You have to hear that voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, I I heard it the very first. Uh, yeah, the moment and that he's, he popped he's up. of course wearing a pure white suit with a white hat and an yes. overcoat. And it's and, after oh, Labor Day. Man. It's oh, after yeah. Labor Day. It's, it's totally gauche, but it's also awesome. Uh, it has curious if Miss Tynan <laughs> has gone sour on her. The uh, Lobster Johnson has his own operatives. One of them was at the uh, the wrestling match. And mm-hmm. uh, they brought him in for some investigation and find out a little bit more. Meanwhile, apparently the Devil Dwarf and the uh, the Russian Bear have been terrorizing the city for multiple days. And uh, Johnson tries to put a stop to it. And we find now, out I, something interesting about the Russian bear. I didn't know that Lobster had a full-on Doc oh, yeah, Shadow. Yeah, yeah. yeah shadow. This, is, this is a whole Shadow vibe thing that goes on with this, which I kind of dig to a point. Um, because these guys featured in the last uh, series, too, that we read, where he had yeah. some operatives. And he was, you know, he's connected to the reporter girl. Um, Maybe I'm thinking of the Black uh, Beetle. Yeah, we did read that one. They do have that a similar look, fun. except one of them's a lobster, the other one's a beetle. Right, and the, the black beetle is Francesco Francavilla. Right. This is Tonchi Zonyek, who is brilliant. Well, yeah, the art is really good, um, but it is a story. It's a Mike Mignola character creation right. uh, and story right. by I, Mike, so you've got yeah, that going go. for it. Uh, lobster yeah. Johnson and the uh, Russian bear get into a fight in the middle of the street. And the Russian bear is uh Oh guys sting like bug, little bug. Turns out when you take the guy's it is gloves justice off for you. When you take the guy's gloves off, he's like a robot dude. Is or he least, or is he just wearing steel gauntlets? Well, I think I the way I took it because he was shooting him so many times was yeah. that he and because if you look in some of those angles of the uh, things, they look more than just gloves. They actually look like he's got robot hands, which would explain well, he, why he can he take so many take, shots. Yeah, point-blank shots to the chest. I'm wondering, maybe he is a cyborg. I read it as steel gauntlets, but yeah. Why you not run from Russian bear? And then, of course, Lobster unloads. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fact that he puts like seven shots point-blank in the man's chest before he lays down. And then he still isn't down because he has his uh, final uh, jump moment where he jumps up to grab a grenade from one of the police officers and blows himself up. All the, while, all the while, uh, some mysterious figures are watching the entire f- events unfold from the uh, skyline above. Yeah, and something also is weird with the Devil Dwarf. Oh my god, that was creepy as hell. Oh, I know, right? But this whole thing, if it feels very 30s to me. Yeah, it is. It takes place in 34. I, I, I am... 
I don't know if I'm really necessarily bothered by it because of the way it's handled, but I am entertained by the fact that they threw in some very 30s portrayals of the devil dwarf and the Russian bear because he's a Russian. He is. Yeah, he's but wrestling, Russian. I mean, wrestling is full of stereotypes anyway, right? I mean, well, and that's uh, very the, true. what was his name? Uh, the Mad Sheik or whatever his name was. The Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik. Sorry. It should be noted that the Iron Sheik may not have been playing a character. <laughs> but if you've ever read his I, I, Twitter feed, the Sheik is a scream. I, yeah, like I've heard him Nikita on Stern. Koloff, yeah. Nikita Koloff and all of those guys. The, the bad Russian wrestler is kind of an old school thing. I'm pretty sure the Gravedigger is uh, pretty straight up, too. The Undertaker, yeah. The Undertaker. And of course, you, see, you I get got, your see, I got my wrestling lingo, lingo down, kids. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Do you? And don't you forget, don't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch? Don't don't, man. don't forget that bulk guy. Uh, that's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, brother bulk Brogan. Yes, bulk Brogan, the the Irish wrestler, and then uh, and then the my all time favorite wrestler, Slim Jim. Yes, Slim Jim Savage. I know yep. him. Yeah, hey, and Ron, Ron Mysterio. Don't forget Ron <laughs> Mysterio. <laughs> He's the guy with the big uh, fishbowl on his head, right? Yeah, that's Ron, Ron Mysterio, Fishbowl. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. And C.P. C. Monk, who's a chipmunk. Actually, I got his yeah. workout, so uh, I've got his, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got Diamond Dallas's page, his workout, so. DDP Yoga, yeah. Yep, yep. that's pretty cool. Yoga. Yeah, do you have it? I'm familiar with it. Oh, okay. Um, it constitutes exercise, so I don't so much <laughs> have it as... As I am aware of it. As it's keeping my table from wobbling at home. <laughs> What'd you nah, think of this? What'd you think of this story? I, I really kind of liked it. And I think that part of the reason I liked it is it feels very accurately pulpy, mm -hmm. but still feels, it, it feels fresh in terms of a story. Part of the problem you run into with pulp is when done in comics, a lot of times pulp is a little too adaptationally uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for spit it out accurate yeah you get that you get almost that roy thomas vibe where it's this this is not just a pulp story this is batman in the role of the shadow in an yeah. existing I, I think i think the problem that i have with um pulp comics and this is for all and this is for the shadow doc savage lobster johnson right. when you take a pulp story and you turn it yes. into comics you're not able to um, scatter around all the adjectives <laughs> that you want, uh, <laughs> that you find in pulpy books because you show it instead of saying it. And I think that's kind of the, the joy of the pulp is when you've got the adverbs and adjectives that really take the story over the top. Yeah. Unpack your adjectives. Yep. And that's a good point. I mean, as well, as well linked as they are and, and as generationally similar as pulps and comic books are, there is a completely different language and completely different lexicon that they use so you know you can say yes the shadow is clearly an antecedent of batman but batman in a lot of ways had to evolve around being a watered down version of the shadow the shadow would not hesitate to shoot you in the face the reason why you know what about that john sunlight guy isn't he the shadow's greatest nemesis well he no, was until the shadow shot him in the face sunlight was doc savage's uh oh I always think light and shadow. There you go. But I mean, you get these guys in the pulps who have no mercy. Right. Those pulp, those pulp heroes are, you know, they're like the they cowboys. Can, they can be. I mean, when you look at the Avenger, for sure. When you look at yeah. uh, the Shadow, for sure. Green Hornet, for sure. Doc Savage, a yeah. little bit different in that. Uh, True. 
he sure. uh, he would rather tweak your mind than uh, than kill you. He would rather root around in your in your frontal frontal, frontal lobe. Yeah, <laughs> he would basically shove something up your nose. I mean, but yeah, and this is something where I think this issue specifically has really isolated kind of the tips and tricks of both. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the the best practices of how to do a pulp comic book type tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I like the story. Yeah. Bring it to service to either. The the story was really good. I kind of dug on the uh, the old wrestling theme where you'd go and boo the 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 Ruski. I don't know if you could even cheer the devil, but I mean, it was certainly an interesting fight that got out of control, and you know, it yeah. made for a good story. And here you've got the the Lobster Johnson and his operatives running around trying to figure it out, and then coming to yeah. a big fight at the end with an excellent, I think, cliffhanger of the reveal <laughs> of the uh, Devil Dwarf. It's just it's creepy. It, it looks like. <laughs> It looks it like looks it should like be someone, something from Freaks. Yeah, but you know what it looks like? It looks like Doc Savage got to him and rooted around yeah, inside yeah. it. Well, he wouldn't go that way. He'd go up through the uh, nose of the tear duct and uh, take care of it that way. Okay. It looks yeah. like somebody took a page from Doc Savage's <laughs> play and did it with a lot less finesse. I am interested in reading uh, issue two for the story uh, just to see what happens next. I think this yeah. is a five-part I believe so, five-part right. yeah. series. Dark but Horse... Uh, when it comes this is on to, the weird. This is on the weird numbering, though, because this is number sixteen in a series, and I know that um, that this one is number one. Um, well, and yeah, they've been doing that with Hellboy as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hellboy has come out in sets of limited mm-hmm. series, but now the numbering is like number one twenty-seven or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think what they're numbering is this is the sixteenth issue featuring Lobster in a solo mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, art I thought was great. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the art. Uh, I want to read this. I read this in the uh, review copy, the Dark Horse, so it's watermarked with all the Dark Horse stuff. But I think mm-hmm. I'm going to read this in the digital format, true digital format on uh, Comixology through, or through the uh, Dark Horse app, so I can really see how the colors pop if they change a little bit on a retina display or something like that. Because there's some mm-hmm. really cool stuff. It's not quite, it's contrasty, but it's not quite, uh, it doesn't get muddy like I've complained about other books getting that way if yeah. they try to get to... Uh, uh, to noir in their look. There's a, a very muted color palette at play here. I mean, even the reds aren't super bright red, so it kind of gives it maybe almost a, a sepia tone mm. feel in certain places, mm-hmm. which I think is nice. You know, it makes it feel a little bit more like the, the old movies that we're used to seeing. And then, of course, when you get to the point where Lobster is out and Lobster is running about, Lobster is one of those guys who looks really good in deep shadow. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly in deep shadow, even when there's no light source, yep. which I think is, is beautiful. Um, I have I have been a fan of Tanchi Zonjik. Zonjik? Zonjik. What, what have we seen his art before? The place that I saw him first was in, and you're going to laugh at me, Marvel Divas a few oh, years yeah, ago. I remember that series. Yeah, yeah. Tanchi Zonjik and Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Mm-hmm. doing basically sex in the city in the Marvel universe. Yeah. 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 And it worked really well. And his art was so good there. And I don't think he's had a regular gig. I presume it's a, he, I don't think there's been a regular gig from this artist in that time, but you see him here and there. And I'm like, I always stop. Oh, I know where, I know where I've seen his art before. Um, who, who is Jake Ellis? Yes. That's, that's a re- book that we reviewed on the major spoilers podcast. Um, he also Ooh. did the immortal iron fist stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And of course, previous mm-hmm. lobster Johnson story. So right. very cool. 
Yeah, who is Jake Ellis? Madman. Lobster he Johnson. It says oh. Madman, all new giant size, super Ginchy special. Ah. Script and art for a one shot. Cool. So yeah, I, I dug on the art. I dug on the colors uh, from Dave Stewart. Um, he's he's gets a lot of coloring work, and I only remember well, his name because since... it always reminds me of. Uh, um, when when he used to sing with Annie Lennox in the eighties. <laughs> no, no, Dave Stewart. I always think of uh, uh, Rocket Man. What's his name? Uh, Rocket Man. Yeah, Jetpack Guy. Jetpack Guy. Commando Cody. Yes, but the comic book v- uh, version by Dave Stevens. The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. That's it. I always uh, Dave, get, uh, Dave Stewart was the lead singer of Eurythmics. <laughs> was he? Okay. Well, he's doing a great yes. job in coloring this book. Like I said, it doesn't get muddy, and uh, everything stays, stays crisp and clean. Some good lighting effects uh, throughout the issue. I know you mentioned with uh, Lobster and Shadow, but if yes. there's a lighting effect like when Devil uh, Dwarf is shooting off his guns and the blast yes. from the, uh, the flare from the muzzle flash uh, lights mm-hmm. up uh, around that area, I think looks really, really good. And that last panel with the uh, light where they've got him indirectly lit in Lobster Sanctum. Mm-hmm. And they rip the mask off, and he's like, yeah, it's just, yeah, Oh, man, it's just a scary little guy. I'm trying to think where, yeah. what people would probably equate him to. I think, um, I think your, your uh, impression there was pretty spot on for how I think of him. He kind Lepre- of Leprechaun, looks... Leprechaun, maybe? He kind of looks like um, a Jack Kirby Hulk face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Attached to the body of, uh, you know, using the wrestling thing, Hornswoggle from uh, the WWE. Oh, yeah, but yeah, WWE. definitely the, the evil leprechaun. Yeah. He's a leprechaun. He'll eat your dog and shine your shoes because he's a freaking leprechaun. So what would uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper think of this issue, Matthew? Rowdy Roddy Piper would call you a nerd and hit you in the face <laughs> with a coconut. However, AJ think of this? CM Punk would think it was okay. Hulk Hogan? Would be upset that it was eclipsing him and call it a jabroni. What about uh, <laughs> what about Andre the Giant? Andre the Giant? Well, you wouldn't know because he'd be speaking French and probably drunk. Andre Andre was a, a wonderful human being by all accounts, but apparently at one point scientists actually used him to study the effects of intoxication on the human body. Oh, really? Yeah, because they used to claim that Andre would come down and he would after a match he'd, he'd hurt, so he'd have a beer. Or 50, and then he'd go lay down. <laughs> and of course, you know, you're you're legitimately 500 pounds and about seven feet tall. 50 beers may not be that big a deal. But yeah. How we need to get a beer company you know, to sponsor uh, major sports. You know who love this? Who? The Hurricane Shane Helms. What about, uh, yeah. what about The Rock? The Rock? Yeah. I don't know if The Rock is much of a comic fan. He the Rock be. is he's an okay guy. He'd probably go out and get more tattoos. The Rock takes some tattoos. <laughs> Have you I, seen his tattoo? He has an awesome No, he's tattoo. got a new one? Well, he's been adding to the same one. It's um, on his arm, right? The, yeah, the, the big giant one. Yeah, well, yeah. he's got he's got the, the Brahma Bull on his right arm, but his left arm, he's got, um, and I can't remember what it is. I want to say it's Samoa. Mm. Where you have like the giant tribal tattoo and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it becomes it beces your thing and your yeah, totem. Yeah. He's got one that's just been growing and growing oh, and that's growing, cool. like like half of his chest and all the way down to his elbow. Now oh, that's pretty cool. Did yeah. you see? Uh, did you see him in uh, Pain and Gain? Have you seen that movie yet? I don't think so. It is, is that the funny? Check it out. 
it, I yeah. still haven't seen G.I. Joe Recalibration either. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. But uh, Pain and Gain has Marky Mark, and they're uh, trying to extort money, kidnap a guy and try to extort money, and it just totally wrong. Totally based Marky. on a true story. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I say buy this book. It's a good book. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I want to read the next one. If you're not a fan of Lobster Johnson, then you probably have no interest in this. If you have a past passing fancy of all things wrestling, well, there's some good 1930s wrestling moves in here, including the uh, yeah. the uh, the dwarf th- toss um, and the arm bite. So two popular wrestling moves yes. in the 1930s. The arm, um, the arm bite. Because <laughs> my only point of reference, my only point of res- reference for wrestling from the 1930s is uh, Lobster Johnson. Get the lobster part one. Um, there you go. So as far as I know, this is all accurate. <laughs> Colors are great. Art is great. I say pick it up. Got a scary uh, closing page. Art is phenomenal. Go by this is good. Tunchi Tunchi's on Yik, I believe is how it's pronounced. It's got Z's and C's in it. It's a it's a one of those names that's from Europe, and I'm like, I'm not entirely sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and if I am pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. But man, this man and or woman can draw. I want a Lobster Johnson side scroller game. <laughs> that would be done handy. by Lego. See, the only problem you'd have <laughs> is you need your multiplayer mode and you could like do an inverted, you could do like a, a sprite with a color swap mm. and it could be Lobster's brother, Luigi Johnson. There you go. Do, 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 boom, 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 boom. So uh, next week, uh, a trade paperback of Lobster Johnson, Lobster Johnson, volume three, Satan lobster, Smells lobster, a lobster. Rat, comes out from lobster, Dark Horse lobster, com- lobster. Comics, as does uh, Clown Fatale number four. That's that crazy story about uh, female uh, clowns that go on a killing spree or something. It's pretty crazy. I yeah, Rodrigo I'm re- just, reviewed that. Are you sure that's this week or I that's, thought uh, this is next week? Was two, on, came 12, out two twelve two thousand fourteen. All right. Then we also have Star Wars number fourteen. That's the two thousand thirteen ongoing series X number ten. The Star Wars. Nope, it's just, just Star Wars. This one is Star, uh, Star the Star Wars should be up to issue six on the next one. Astro City comes out from uh, DC Comics. That's issue number nine. Batgirl number 28, the 28th week of the new 52. I did see uh, Justice League War a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it on uh, Major Spoilers podcast this week. I really like that movie. Like the direction of where they're going. Little sweary, but that's okay. Eh, minor swears. Yeah. Coffin Hill number five. <coughs> what, what did uh, one gravestone say to the other gravestone? Is that you, what. Coffin? Ah. <laughs> Constantine number 11, Forever Evil, Rogue's Rebellion number 5, Green Lantern Corps number 28, Harley Quinn number 1, second printing of that one. I, is that a good series? I haven't read it. Neither have I. Nightwing number 28. It's all coming to a conclusion. <gasps> Nightwing's going to die. Is that the last issue? No, I think it's 32 is the last issue. Nightwing's not going to die. Power Girl, Power Trip, Trade Paperback. Power Girl, Power Girl. Power girl. Let's Be see. Like her. Smallville season 11, alien number three, Superboy number 28 and Superman wonder woman number five. Have you been reading that? Is that the sideways book? That's the, uh, no, I don't think so. That's the uh, love book. I don't know if, they go, I don't know if this is a story where they go out to wine country and, uh, and fall in love, but I know it's the love book. The ID- love book. IDW publishing next week has city, the mind in the machine. Number one. Starring Superman. Max Maximize number four. Popeye Classics hardcover. Red Panda. Ooh, 
I love this this story. Red Panda, Mask of the Red Panda, Panda Red uh, Trade Paperback, seventeen ninety nine. It's a good story. Wow. It's a good fun story. If you like the Dakota Ring Theater podcast, uh, you do want to go out and pick up the Mask of the Red Panda. Very good book. Uh, X Files season ten number nine. Image Comics next week has Egos number two, Fatal number twenty, Fuse number one. I have no idea what that is about. It says a mature reader, which Fuse. probably means it's not oh. going to show up on Comicsology. The love, well, it's hard to say. I mean, there's mature readers and then there's sex criminals. Yeah, yeah. Mercenary C number one comes out, 10 grand number seven, Think Tank number 12, and The Walking Dead 121 all come out next week from uh, Image Comics. Hmm. On the Marvel Comics side, we have all new X Factor number three, Amazing Spider Man movie adaptation number two, Avengers number 25. That's a 75th anniversary poster. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the Avengers 25 by uh, Alex Ross 75th anniversary poster, $8.99. How can it be the 75th anniversary of the Avengers? I They're don't 41 know. years old. I'm sure because it's got Captain America on the cover, they're going all the way back to World War II. <sighs> Avengers, aye, number eight dot aye. now, comes out next week. Number eight, now, all new now, now, new, now, new, new, new. And there's a w- bunch of just a bunch of trade paperbacks related next week from a lot of these companies. Uh, Daredevil by Mark Wade, hardcover, volume two comes out. Uh, Fantastic Four, number one, uh, Alex Ross poster. Iron Man trade paperback comes out. Kick-Ass three, number six. Marvel Knights X-Men, number four. Scarlet Spider trade paperback. Scarlet Avenger, or I'm sorry, Secret Avengers, number 15. <laughs> She-Hulk, number one. Ooh, let's do that Is one. Is that the last issue of kick Oh. Let's do no, She-Hulk number one. Did they? Yeah, it's in the system. Man, if only I were in charge of everything at Major Spoilers. If. Who's doing it? Only. Hang on, let me check. I'm going to see if it's somebody we like. Superior <laughs> Spider-Man number 27. If it's Rob, just go ahead and delete his. And yeah, if it's Rob, we'll just, you know. Sorry, Winter Rob. Winter Soldier, Bitter March number one. Wolverine number one. Wolverine and the X-Men number 41. X-Force number one. X-Men Legacy number 24. In- She-Hulk number one is Chris Wilson. Eh, he's pretty good at writing his reviews, so we'll let it. We'll let that yeah. one pass. Is that the last issue of Kick Ass Three? I don't know. If it I is, I haven't read that can... series. I haven't read that series at all. I haven't read Kick Ass Two. Kick Ass Two. You don't need to read Kick Ass. All new Soulfire Number Three. It's a, it's a Mark Miller joint. F bomb. F bomb. Sex scene. Explosion. Decapitation. F bomb. Finny. Well, see, we've already reviewed it. Then Battlestar Galactica Number Eight. Bravest okay. Warriors trade paperback. Bunker number one. Have no idea what it's about or who it's by. Bunker. I heart. No, never mind. Crossed Badlands number 47 with that torture Ooh. wraparound cover. Yeah. Ugh. Um, uh, yeah, Executive Assistant point. Assassins number 18. Uh, Gut, Fubar Guts and Glory one shot. I'm sorry. What? Fubar Guts and Glory one shot. It's a three ninety nine book. <sighs> gold digger number 207 i'm saying she's a gold digger harbinger number 21 harvey horrors <laughs> black cat mystery slipcase edition oh oh that's a 120 dollar book mr cutter but it's lee elias doing black well also next week a uh, harvey horrors <laughs> tomb of terror slipcase edition volume three really yeah oh. insect bath harvey- number one I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I just have an image of a ladybug covered in bubbles. <laughs> NFL Rush Zone Super Bowl special trade paperback. That's a $20 Is that one. got Super Pro? 
it's uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is collected from last year's stuff or what's going on with that. But that comes out about a week too late. Two weeks too late. Rachel Rising, number 23, Red Sonia Berserker, one shot. Red Sonia Dollar Book, number one, a dollar. Robocop to Live and Die in Detroit, one shot. Uh, Roy Thomas presents Planet Comics Hardcover. That's a $50 book. Sherlock Holmes Moriarty Lives, number two. Six Gun, number 38. Sons of Anarchy, number six. Stitch, number 19. Superbia Trade Paperback, volume three. No, I don't think so. This is one that also has a gore cover, so I don't think it's Lilo. Well, I hope not. Terry and the Pirates, George Wonder Years, hardcover, volume one. That covers 1946 to 1948. $60 book. And let's see, Vampirilla Southern Gothic, number five. So I don't... um, I don't see anything that just pops out at me. At, back at the top, there was something in the Dark Horse, I think. In the Dark Horse, next week, we have Abe Sapien, in number 10, um, Clown Fatale, number 4, Creepy Comics, wow. number 15, Lobster Johnson Trade Paperback, Star Wars 14, and X, number 10. No, that one, net. Um, Maybe it was the next one down. Was the next one down IDW? No, DC Comics would be the next one down. What's the, City? What's at the tail of DC? Uh, Superboy, Supergirl, Superman, Wonder Woman, number five. Have know. we ever reviewed that book? Superman, Wonder Woman? No. Yeah. City, The Mind and the Machine, Dungeons and Dragons, Fells 5, hardcover. Mm-hmm. Mars Attacks, Judge Dredd. That's a trade paperback. That's a good one. Max Maximize, number four. Memory Collectors, number three. Um, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, 100 Penny Press, number one. That's a reprint. <laughs> Ooh, Red Panda, Mask of the Red Panda. We need to do that as a trade. Uh, TMT, so. Ongoing, Transformers, Robots in Disguise, X-Files Classics, X-Files Season 10, number nine. That's really all you have. Uh, what about next? this Fuse, number one, from Image Comics? I have no idea what it is. Let's see. It is not called. Well, let's try that one and see what it is. We're going to roll the die and surprise ourselves. F-U-S-E fuse? Fuse. Like, I'm going to light the fuse and blow this place up. Yo. F-U-S-E fuse? Yes, F-U-S-E. Some people spell fuse with a Z. That's if you're drinking one of those nasty drinks with the floaty things in it. I don't know what that is. It's a nasty drink with floaty things in it. You're a nasty floaty. I think I think that's what it is. Drink. I don't know. Z-E, let me look it up. Fuse. It's actually Alpha a website. Beta. All right. I think that about wraps it up this week for the uh, Dueling Review. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And most of all, thank you for spreading the words. I know sometimes we get a little crazy. That's what happens we when do. I uh, teach a three-hour Star Wars class and then come home and pop open a uh, wonderful little uh, liquid <laughs> and drink it on an empty stomach. Matthew, I have uh, I have no explanation for anything that Matthew does or says, so he's on his own there. But if people want to follow Matthew, they can reach him on Twitter at Mighty King Cobra. You'll know it's him because he's got a wrestling thing going on. That's why I said he would have liked this Lobster Johnson book. Yeah, what would the what would the Mighty King Cobra think of the Lobster Johnson book? The Mighty King Cobra? Yes. Oh, that's a good question. The Mighty King Cobra would probably have to cut a promo. Ah, okay. Um, you can find me at Major Spoilers, of course. Always uh, sending things out. Johnson. And you can uh, head over to Majorspoilers.com for all sorts of news, reviews, commentary, sneak peeks, you name it. We've got it over things there. Things that rhyme, things that don't rhyme. Yes, we've Mostly even got a look. Oh, Zach plays Starbound, A Final Beginning. He plays that this week. You can head over Starbound. there and find that. 
Apparently, also, Matthew, they're selling the original cover art for Action Comics number 15 in the upcoming weeks. I saw that. Expected to reach $200,000. Wow, that's amazing. No, Did that's I tell you uh, that Action had, uh, Comics. We had an Action Comics number 8 walk into the store. Oh, really? How? What kind of condition was that in? I believe we when we slabbed it, it was like a 3-5. Yeah, that's not too bad. Still, what, a couple... That's a couple, 39 uh, book. That's yeah, a, so what is that, like a couple hundred bucks? 500, there, 800? There, there were numbers. How many? How many digits? Uh, there were three digits in the purchase price. There were four digits in the sale price. Ah, okay. So, yeah, it was one of those things where that is the oldest book I have ever personally encountered. Excellent. It was pretty awesome. And so um, is this one that you had to ship off to get slabbed and, and raided? Oh, oh yes, indeed. Uh, we have uh, an account with uh, the uh, Comics Guarantee Corporation or whoever CGC is. Oh, yeah, CGC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll send in usually six or ten books at a time. It, do, it does depend because the older a book is, the yeah, more the it more costs expensive, them yeah. to store it. It's like at, at our level, you're paying like 50 bucks to get a book fully restored. Yeah, but if it's a – but you didn't restore this one. You just took it as is. Well, not, I guess not restored. Uh, to get it graded and slabbed. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's you know, for a, for a book that you're selling at that price, 50 bucks is a trifle, providing that you can sell the book. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a risk-reward thing. There are some uh, books that we will slab and slab, and there are some books that we will not slab. How did this come into the store? Is this an auction? Somebody found it on the sidewalk. Guy what? walked in with his collection. It was like uh, <laughs> guy walked into the comic 30, book store. Ow, <laughs> thirty-two long boxes. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And the boss told him, "I could cherry pick this, or I can give you a price for everything." And so they went through and they they agreed on a price. And now the boss has thirty-two long. Well, I shouldn't say that. What are the, he took out the action. He took out the. Amazing Spider-Man 238, the Hulk 182. That's first you know, appearance all of Wolverine? That's the second appearance of Wolverine. Oh, okay. First appearance is 81. But when you go through you know, and break it down, the amount of money spent on the purchase has been paid for almost entirely by the items that have been cherry-picked. Mm. And now when I get around to it, I've got basically 30 long boxes worth of stuff. So what are, what are we talking about? Is mostly DC, mostly Marvel. What era are we looking at? Little of everything: seventies, eighties, nineties, and then some weird, you know, spotty stuff. <laughs> it sounds like you almost sounded like a uh, middle of the road radio station. Comics from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and today. <laughs> Tune in for a really, really bad idea. <laughs> We're gonna play Pearl Jam back to back with Palisades Park <laughs> and make you feel old. Solid gold. So to how make long? You how long does it? How long did it take you to to go through all those comics to find the really good ones? Uh, well, I don't know yet. You see, the week before that, he bought fifteen long boxes, oh. and before that, he bought an additional nine. Any, any I am stuff? now getting to the. Oh yeah, lots of stuff. We have tons. If you look at our Gatekeeper uh, online store on the eBay, you mm-hmm. will find things. Um, I have a run of Flash from one hundred five to three fifty. Ooh, I may want to look at that. I have a complete run of uh, Witchblade 1 through 150. Rodrigo would be interested in that. Spectacular Spider-Man, which is the second Spider-Man book, 1 to 200 with Spotty afterwards. Wow. Uh, Big chunks of Thor. Man, just that Flash. What what condition are those Flash books in? Uh, I haven't really done heavy-duty grading. I'd put them in 6 to 8. None of them are like super near men. Yeah, but still in that. And so this is, wait, so this is um, Barry Allen run, right? Not... 
So you're talking books that are in the four or $500 range when you get down into those low numbers. If you're talking about uh, 60s, right? Isn't that where you said it started, 1960s? We've never had a showcase four, but we had a showcase five, six, and eight. Not out of this batch, but in a previous yeah, batch. Yeah, those are, those are some good four or $500 books right there if they're in good condition. Well, 105 to 350 is the entire Barry Allen flash run. Oh, okay. And we are trying to find a way to monetize it as an entire run. I think I have that entire run. I think I'm looking at 80 and below at this point. 80 and below would be Jay Garrick. Yeah. Those are rough. Yeah, I know. I have never seen a Jay Garrick Flash comic. I know. I, that's that's how far back I am now in my my Flash I've, collections. I've only ever seen, you know, it, those are harder to find than Fawcett books. And, Fawcett books and they're expensive as hell. That's like when we go to the comic book convention, when we go to uh, Planet Comic Con Planet coming up in the spring, it's like, I will take enough money to buy one comic, and then that's all I can afford for another year. And that's, you know, three months of car payment. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I can't go up there and buy, yes, let me have issues 92 through 153, please, because it's just like I don't have a, an account that big. Well, nobody does. Well, somebody does, I'm sure. Whoa. It'd be interesting if you could move that whole collection. Now, is this guy uh, just an average guy? Off the street, or is, or is this that you can bundle as the, the guy uh, who sold us the, the Flash sold us his collection, which means that we also got complete runs of Black Lightning, uh, Black Goliath, Justice League, Justice League single Europe. owner, single owner. Yeah, you, you should have packaged it with this guy's name and called it, you know, like the John Smith collection. You can't. Yeah, make you can. That's a, how the Mile High oh, collection came together. But it's just somebody's house. A pedigree collection. Why not? Other people make it for you. You can't give yourself a nickname. Well, that's you what I'm saying. Say, you are the you no, no, bought them no. from John Smith. You can call it the John Smith collection, right? But a pedigree collection, first of all, has to be bigger than what we had. Oh. Second of all, what's a pedi- it has how, to be how big does it have to be? Generally, pedigree collections are a thousand books or more. Um, I, you bought like them thirty-two say, long boxes, are, thirty-two times under fifty. That's going to be ten thousand. Pedigree collections out there. And when you're talking about like the Mile High collection, the Mile High collection wasn't just a big bunch of comics. No, it was a, it was a, a huge bunch of comics. Uh, and they were kept. Yeah, yeah. They were kept away from moisture, away from light. Mile High books are ridiculously well kept. And the reason you're paying for the Mile High name is because this guy kept his books all away from the light in this, you know, cool room in his basement with or whatever. No moisture. Well, yeah. these, these books were all over the house. I mean, they were down in the basement, then they were in the closet, and then they were somewhere else. I mean, they were all over that house when he went in to buy those. If you, if, if listeners, if you haven't read this story, I think yeah. they recount the entire thing over at the Mile High website, where the yes. guy basically talks about how he bought these for what, like a buck a pound or something like this, and he had like three or four truckloads, truckloads of trucks of comics. Of and he had to, and, the, and he was doing the math. I mean, it's just a really great story to go and read because he was doing the math to see if he could afford to buy all the comics at that price for a buck a pound or whatever it was. It's an amazing yeah. story, an amazing collection. And I'm just waiting for somebody to come in and say, here, Matthew, here is, you know, 10,000 comics, for, single owned. And it's the Schleicher collection or whatever. Although mine, Schleich- mine, yes. mine wouldn't the be Sch- pedigreed because they probably had, a lot of those older ones had previous owners. Yes. And that's the thing about previous owners. You never know who's owned things previously. Well, on a couple of mine, they've wrote their names on there, so. 
<laughs> well, that be- <laughs> that's something entirely different. <laughs> that's it. I actually have a, a, a beloved run of the defenders that were all signed on the main on the front cover by Stanley. I don't know who Stanley <laughs> is, but I have his run of defenders, <laughs> and he signs his name with a little star on either side. Star Stanley Star. So when you have a big run of the Flash books like that, um, yes, that whole Barry Allen run. Yes. Or do you slab all those? Do you take the time to slab them? Or are they not worth slabbing or what? I mean, you yeah. said they're between six and eight. That's got to be worth something, especially when you get into the Carmine Infantino stuff. It depends on what's out there. I mean, when you run into certain books, like the Flash 105 is probably slabbable, but it would not be the best copy out there. I mean, there are a lot of slabbed copies of that book, mm, a, okay. a lot, you know, meaning in, in the greater scheme of things. So it's a question of if we slab it, are we really increasing the value? I need to call if you Dion. Pay 50 bucks, you I need do. to call Dion because I think there's a cool web series that we can create. It's called Slab or Flab. I don't, I don't know what the name of it would be, but I don't want to say too much more about it because the last time I kind of hinted at it, Kevin Smith came out with Comic Book Men. I'm Kevin Smith. <laughs> And I steal everything for major spoilers. My new show is called Spoilers. (laughs) It is called Spoilers. And next week I'm going to have a show called Critical Hit. (laughs) You won't call it Critical Hit. Just Critical. (laughs) Yeah. And then he'll have uh, Steve Dave on film. Yes, exactly. See, that's why I can't talk about this idea. But it's been floating around. And I think this summer, maybe, I'm going to talk to Zach. I call myself the fat man, and all of a sudden, Kevin Smith is like, ooh, I'm too fat to fly. And all of a sudden, he's on TV going, ooh. I'm like, man, I've been too fat to fly since 1985. I, I, I need to sit down I need to sit down and talk to Zach and see what our, our free times are this summer, because this summer is really kind of crazy. More on that later. But Do then you? I need to talk with Dion and see what we can do to kind of work something up and then make sure that there's plenty of lead time. So that everybody can do all their research. Yes, I would let him buy sponsorship on that show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want you two to be in a room together because you guys would just seriously butt heads. I don't think so. You've never seen him negotiate. A guy came in with a stack of comics and he's like, what's this worth? Dion's like, maybe a hundred bucks. What do you give me for them? Uh, I don't need them. What do you give me for them? If you really want them, I'll give you 20. Well, I need more than 20. You said they're worth 100. Will you give me 100? No, I'd give you 20. And he keeps handing the guy the books back, and the guy keeps pushing him at, how about 100? How about 20? (laughs) And it comes to a point where the guy's like, well, you got to give me something. He's like, no, partner, I don't. (laughs) I don't have to give you anything. I I think Dion and I could get along great, especially with this project. You're both hard headed. No, it's it has no. I think it'd be beneficial. It's a win, win, win. And if he doesn't want to do it, I'll just go over to Hello Kitty Comics uh, over in uh, Lawrence. I don't think they're open anymore. Oh, really? Did they close? I I will use the carcass of their old shop. Carcass. Isn't that what what happens to uh, old comic shops when they die? It's just a husk, a shell. Away. They turn into a. Well, I know that when we moved out of our location in 2005, we left some things behind in the basement that were just too... That place had a bit basement? A huge basement. Really? Huh. Yeah, enormous. We had storage down there. And I found out that the local bookstore had 
long boxes of stuff that someone, uh, the new owner or the uh, rental people or whomever, had gotten out of there because I knew what they were. They had gotten out of there and sold for like $10 a long box wow. to Dean's Books. And I'm just like, yeah, I know where that come from. What was that? I still keep forgetting the name of that comic shop over by Washburn across the street from the university. Comics that, and Fantasies. That's what it was. Yeah. That one went out of business and sort of kind of became Gatekeeper. Well, I just remember at one point I could go to Comics and Fantasy and then go to Gatekeeper and then go to the one that was over in uh, not White Lakes Mall, the, um, that other one on um, down by Toys R Us. Toys ain't cheap over in yeah, Gage. On Gage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Gage you went Plaza. to Comics and Fantasies and then to Gatekeeper. I think you may be agglomerating too because well, – I know that there was something in that old 7-Eleven parking lot uh, store. It was right there. There may be, but when Comics and Fantasies sold, they became Gatekeeper mm. because we, for the longest time until well into the 1990s, we still had those giant wooden shelves mm-hmm. that they had built in the 70s to hold comics. Yeah, no, no. This was – yeah, definitely I remember going over into that very same parking lot, into that same shopping little strip uh, by that 7-Eleven uh, and going into a comic shop in that very same store because lives. that is – no, no, no. None Lies and prevarications. Then we go over to the one over at uh, the Gage Mall or whatever it was. And then there was one. God, where was that one at? Then we would get on the interstate and head over to Lawrence, and there were like three of them that we'd hit in Lawrence. Quality Comics was always nice. Which one was that? That was the one uh, down across from the courthouse. Oh, yeah. That's the, one that I, that's, the, that's the one that I always used to go to. And They then, seem to be gone. No, they're still there, aren't they? They seem to be gone. I went by a couple of weekends ago. Oh, that's ago. too bad. That was a, that was a good and place. the Vagabond bookstore next door seems to be gone as well. Oh, that's sad. That's where I bought the Vagabond. That's where I used to go and buy all of my old Doc Savage books mm-hmm. because the comic book shop jacked the price up to like 14 bucks a copy. But mm-hmm. if you went over to Vagabond, the guy was selling the really good copies for like two, three bucks a piece. So I'd go over yep. there and just you know steal them all out of there. Um, and then there was one over by 27th and Iowa, um, over by where the Crate and Barrel is. There used to be one behind yeah. there that we would go to. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. And uh, I think, and then basically by that time, uh, my friend that always went with me, he's like, man, I got to get back or my dad's going to kill me. And so we'd head home. And, that home. One, and, that, and so we could hit like five or six comic shops a, on that trip in one afternoon. And that's when comics were, you know, five for a nickel. Well, so it would and have you been could the go time. To I mean, it was for the, seventy-five cents. You could get their their. Oh, kids so meal, yeah, literally for twenty a pack bucks, of cigarettes and some black coffee. I could go and um, mow grass for people. That's what I did for some of my summer jobs, and get twenty dollars. And I could take that twenty dollars, get in my nineteen seventy-six Ford pickup truck, fill it up with <laughs> gas, drive to Topeka, buy you know half a dozen or so comics. Put some more gas in the car, head over to Lawrence, stop at the uh, midway point on the interstate, <laughs> eat some food at the Hardee's, go to those other comic book stores, buy some more comics, and then drive home and still have enough money to go see a movie that night. That's how far <laughs> 20 bucks would take you back in the day. And the newspaper was only a nickel. It probably, no, I think it was probably about, what was it, 50, 50 cents? cents? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The comics were 45 you cents. Know, I remember filling up my gas for like 55 cents a gallon. And I remember when I moved to Atlanta, I was filling up gas for like 89 cents a gallon. And I thought that that was outrageous. Seems outrageous. Today, I'd be like, woohoo. 
I remember when it was a dollar twenty nine, thinking, "Wow, this can't get much higher." Yeah, ouch. Who will pay it? Yeah, who will pay for gas? <laughs> you know, there was there's an old Cheech and Chong joke. We can't be out of gas. I just put in fifty nine cents two days ago. Yeah. In nineteen seventy three, that was a different joke than it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, reminiscing about old times. Listeners, you got a little bonus action there talking about old, old comic book stops, uh, old comic book shops, and uh, 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 grading comics and uh, comic oh, collections. So hopefully you enjoyed that. If you did enjoy and it. And the Little River Band. Don't forget the Little River Band. Yes, the Little River Band and uh, Smokey Robinson. When we're if you enjoyed this episode, consider becoming a VIP member over at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution gets you a bunch of extra stuff over at the at the members only site, the VIP site. But all yes. of that comes right back to helping us grow the site. And believe me, there's a lot of stuff going on. Some people who are already signed up for the major spoilers email list. Not only did you get a free bonus tracks episode, but you also you found out last week about a new show that we're doing coming up in. Uh, later this May. year. Yeah, May. Or, um, or further along. We don't know yet. Well, I know. I kind of know the date, but uh, more on that in the future. But there is a new show coming, but you found out first because you signed up for that email list. The more big, important stories that will rock your world coming up in 2014. It's all over at Majorspoilers.com. Head over there. It'll rock your body till Canada. Day. Sign up for the VIP site. Sign up for the email list. If you are going to buy something from Amazon, click on the Amazon.com banner. Vote in the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. And, of course, leave feedback and comments to some of your favorite articles, because feedback we always love. We do. Except when you say stop singing, because then I'm just sad. I say that all the time. I just don't say it out loud, because nobody wants to hear Matthew cry. Rude. Because everyone knows that Matthew's always wrong on doing <laughs> reviews. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, you are wrong. Infinity. Infinity plus one. Damn it. Major Spoilers is copyright 2014.